For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is Betul Kachar, an assistant professor of molecular and cellular biology at the University of Arizona, whose interest is in studying the origin of life on Earth. Welcome, Betul. Thank you for having me here. We have a well-accepted theory for the origin of the universe and the Big Bang Theory, but we don't have the equivalent for life. Isn't that correct? What's the stumbling block? Well, we cannot go back and repeat, and we cannot replicate life. So it's a big mystery. It happened once that we know, and it happened a really long time ago. So we need to replicate the conditions in which life rose, and we don't know much about that. What are you doing uh, to study the origin of life? I'm a biologist. I use microbes and the DNA sequences that exist today and reconstruct ancient biology. We use uh, a lot of different methods, and primarily uh, we benefit from the synthetic biology field. So we create DNA sequences that do not exist today, and but we start with what is available right now. Creating what's available right now allows us to also infer the past state using phylogenetics methods and benefit from evolutionary biology methods and bootstrap our way back into the past using DNA information. One of the things you do is uh, synthetic evolution. Can you explain what that is? So after we infer ancient DNA sequences, we then engineer these ancient DNA sequences inside the modern microbial genome. So in a way, this is resurrecting an ancestral DNA inside a modern vehicle. So you can think of this as a sleeping DNA sequence that's now awake, and we'll have to adopt the current biological and environmental conditions that we are introducing to this organism. And we evolve this hybrid organism in the lab in order to understand how will the ancient component adapt to the rest of the modern genome and vice versa. How can you evolve something in the lab? How do you control the conditions? What kind of conditions do you control? We use um, another tool that is now available to evolutionary biologists, and that's called experimental evolution. Evolution is thought to be something that happened in the past. We think that it happened and it ended, but that's of course not true. It continues now, and it will continue. And we can use microbes in the lab and subject certain pressures on them. And these are usually environmental pressures, say temperature or different salt concentrations. Microbes find a way in order to adapt to these alien conditions that we introduce in the laboratory. And then we follow what these microbes do, what do they do in order to figure out a way to survive under these new and harsh conditions. What kind of microbes are you using? How fast are their generations? So I use a variety of different microbes. The main microbe that we use is E. coli. That's the same bacteria that we have in our gut. And it's a fairly well-studied microbe. And what makes it nice is that it is sort of simple, although don't underestimate E. coli. It's been around more than us. It's been around for billions of years. And we study E. coli because we can also freeze E. coli and thaw. That means we can store these microbes that we evolve for decades in cryogenic freezers and then study any time that we want. How long does it take for you to see evolution to have happened in one of these engineered organisms? 
So for us humans, a generation would be 60 years. But for microbes, it's usually 20 minutes in terms of E. coli. For example, for E. coli, it's definitely 20 minutes. When I engineer these microbes with an alien component, and by alien, I mean this foreign component that comes from the past, microbes no longer grow every 20 minutes. Their generation time usually increases. So we see an offspring every, say, 90 minutes. How many generations does it take to see something like that happen? This is happening in terms of minutes. We can see about six generations a day if the bacteria is growing well. If you engineer bacteria with an ancient gene, then you will see that it will grow every other hour. It will generate a new offspring every other hour. How many generations does it take for that offspring to be noticeably different? It depends also what kind of pressure that you're introducing to the bacteria. Our bacteria, once we engineered its genome with an ancient gene, it took only less than 10 days. This is Tim Swindle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.